record. Uh, all right. Uh, da, da, da. It's the last show before the last show of the year. Tomorrow's a big extravaganza. Not really. Not like we used to do it. Not like in the old horseshoe days. <laughs> now we're now we're so. You know, it's really how how the show has evolved from you and I and the bare naked ladies and Hugh Dillon and three hundred people at the horseshoe to. Well, we'll do something, but we don't want to leave our houses. <laughs> I'm good with it. No, I, but I just think it's funny. It's like it's gone from this big production and, hey, can someone get Hugh a drink to, uh, I don't know, if we, if we don't have to leave our homes, we'll do something. Mm-hmm. It was an extravaganza. <laughs> no, yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a lot of fond memories of the kids, Charlie especially. Waking her up in the middle of the night and saying, okay, here we go. And them coming into the city with me and watching the show. I mean, really early memories. Do you remember when we did the Christmas show at Blue Room Bathurst a couple times? Yeah. Somewhere there's some audio of Charlie. She would have been like 10 months old or something. Or just a year old and sitting on my lap while the show was going on. And the bare naked ladies playing. and Yeah. <laughs> now yeah, it's just they, you, me, yeah. and Dan. <laughs> Dan sitting on my lap, and <laughs> bare, bare naked ladies, very popular at the time, obviously. And my kids, especially Melly, Melanie, was an age where I think the yellow tape she liked it, and the kids at school knew about the bare naked ladies. They were just emerging, oh, yeah. and then having her picture taken with them and them talking to her and stuff was quite a thrill for her. Oh, yeah. Yes. Warm and uh, fuzzy. The one I, another one I remember that for all the wrong reasons was uh, maybe the first mix one or when Ed showed up at at the jailhouse or whatever. Courthouse. Okay. I like to call it the jailhouse because I felt like. (laughs) You know, you really should see somebody. You really should see somebody. Like one of those things where you call, you just just to work through your mixed years anxieties that still pop up. (laughs) I like to call it the jailhouse because I was emotionally um, in prison. (laughs) You know, um, yes. Yes, you've connected the dots. Yes, I did. No, no, I remember there was a First of all, I could have told you you were going to say, I knew you were going to bring up the Ed Robertson one, but I, of course, once you mentioned the mix, then of course it brings up all sorts of horrible memories of your time in in the slammer. No, I remember that one because it was a horrible snowstorm. I remember yes. driving down the 410 and on the gardener through this blizzard thinking, oh, fuck, like this is the last place in the world I want to be right now. And Jesus Christ, yeah. I don't like this station. I don't like this situation. And no, I'm going to. Anyway, I remember that vividly. Yeah, I can. I, you know what? It's, and it's great that you've actually worked through it after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> What Fred's referring to is on a really horrible day, we did our show up there at the, I don't even know what, the courthouse on, the courthouse on. The courthouse in Rosewater's Harper Club. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. And then upstairs, and then we had a pretty good crowd for how bad the weather was. Mm -hmm. And then Ed Robertson, the reason it was so sweet that he showed up is his mother had just passed away. And not only did he play, I think it was just him that year. But then he hung around with us afterward and, and... just kind of wanted to hang out with some people. And and I remember we've told this story before. I said, you know, we really appreciate you showing up this year after all you've been through. And he said, you know what? Not there's no place I'd rather be, but it was something I needed to do. Just some kind of like, I guess, familiar, you know, getting, getting him out of his head or whatever. <laughs> 
I wonder if he's worked through it the way you've worked through your <laughs> your, your mix Something. your mm-hmm. mix issues. It was something he needed to do. It was something I had to do. Anyway, at least you know I'm. Oh, do I? Do I know you're, the whole you're doing? Thing. You're doing one of your classic Patterson character bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start the show, everybody. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in trendy Toronto, from our Frampton Bark Factory Basement Studio, and from Sudbury. And it's brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, and Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. And now, here are two men who have been eagerly awaiting this special day of the season. No, not Christmas. The 21st of December marks their celebration of the shortest day of the year. Because at 4.47, from that moment on, the days are getting longer. Doing their silly winter is here dance, it's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan Duran. Howard walked away. Oh, did he? Why, what's wrong? Yeah. Uh, it's just because uh, Clifford Duran just uh, pulled over some of the equipment. Oh, it's okay. Oh, did he? Oh, no. Jesus. Yeah, he's uh, got off his, uh, day, his, his day bed. Or, I don't know why I call it a day bed. He's got a day bed that we carry around the house. And uh, he's gone over. I think for some reason he wants to go upstairs. I don't know why. Um, well, but, maybe uh, he hears Dan's voice and thinks he's around. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Uh, Dan's in Sudbury. Uh, briefly explain why. Uh, yes, uh, girlfriend Lisa. She's uh, her son is is a uh, you mean GFL performer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> GFL. Uh, and she uh, we we came up to see her son perform in the uh, he's the lead performer in Elf at wow. the uh, Sudbury Theater. And it's a musical so. offering. People are singing and dancing at the same time. Yeah, and they have a band and the whole damn thing. Yeah. It was fantastic. And he's he's really he's perfect for this role. He's the kind of person that just makes that that kind of elfy uh, wonder wonderment of the world kind of character come to life. It really suits him well. So yeah, we had a great time. Well, I'm always fascinated Plus, by how people can do that. They can sing and dance at the same time. I find that fascinating. Not being able to do either. I uh, whenever I'm in a situation where I have to watch people do it. Even long after I get bored with the content, I just think, well, those people are up there singing and dancing every night. Doing it over and over again. And at some point they were yeah. having breakfast and they went, well, tonight I've got to do more singing and dancing. Well, <laughs> it's fascinating to me. Uh, interesting point, as usual. Um, the Howard Stern interview with Bruce Springsteen. Um, Stern brought that up uh, to Bruce. Like, you know, you're used to touring and yeah, you may do a lot of shows, but then you shut it down for big chunks of time. What was it like doing his Broadway show? And apparently he did it for over 300 shows and how many consecutive days, sometimes twice a day. Three hour shows, too. They were long shows, like two and a half hours, 245. He said to him, that must have been awful and grueling compared to what how you're used to performing. He said, no, you loved it. Every day was a new adventure. Every day was a new spin. Every day was a new experience. And I thought, there's a performer for you. Yeah. Yeah, it goes to show you some people thrive in that. You know, but, but back to, you know, and, and that's, I've never fully seen the entire thing. I know it's on Netflix or it was the Springsteen one-man show. 
But that's, you know, what Dan's, uh, what GFL's son and, and those people that do musicals and such, like, you know, we've talked about this before. I get very sleepy in musicals, even the ones that I kind of like. I get to, I, I just, it's dark and it's comfortable and then I start to fall asleep somewhere. But, <laughs> but usually before I doze off and Freddie and I, we've been to New York and we've been to the Phantom and all these shows and the producers and I don't care what it is. I usually fall asleep, but I am always fascinated by how those people can do that every day and, and doesn't seem to make too many mistakes. You know, you don't really, it's not like, it's not like the thing stops in the middle and someone goes, um, where are we? What, what's, uh, uh, five, six, uh, you know, there's, you don't see much of that. I think it almost becomes unconscious or subconscious for these people. They just, I bet you after, you know, Tens of nights or, you know, whatever, maybe hundreds. It's like they can't even remember doing the show on any particular night. It just happens. Yeah, you're, I, you're absolutely right. It becomes like this uh, muscle memory they go through. Yeah. How many, uh, speaking of that, uh, GFL's son, how many uh, episodes or run, uh, shows will they do? Uh, they're running right up. Uh, they added a bunch of matinees and they're sold out right up to the 24th. I think they've been doing it for about a month. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, he's been working at this for a long time. He gets uh, so obviously he has an agent who's out. Uh, you know, yes, that's eating true. the bushes for jobs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you laid down the law? He cannot audition for a newscaster. <laughs> no, it's funny. I was going to go there too. I was like, so has he gotten any auditions? You're like, wait a second. Uh, I could be an elf. I could be an elf. I'm a. I could do elf. Wait a second. Why wasn't I asked? Uh, I am elf. Dan's got a great I'm saying. Thankful there's not that many newscaster uh, musicals out there. Is there so. a newscaster in Les Mis? Because if there was, <laughs> I would be there. This Justin sure. Jean Valjean is taking a loaf of bread. <laughs> Jovert is chasing him through the countryside, and there is revolution. I'm Dan Duran. <laughs> I wonder who the next guy will be. The next guy, go-to guy for newscasters, will be. When Dan some, passes on, and they're yeah, going to yeah. think you look like Lloyd Robertson <laughs> as Howard so happily. When my skin starts to fall off, yeah. uh, Dan, we, as uh, Howard so happily <laughs> described him yesterday, that's you soon. His so. face was falling off his skull. That's all I'm going to tell you. Dan, what uh, is there a newscaster that you've been training to take over the Dan Duran <laughs> franchise? <laughs> Taken under my wing. That's uh, yeah. uh, Dan Duran's understudy. No, I don't, I'm not trying to bring the uh, the newscaster industry along at all. It's, it's, it's Dan is still was still working it, man. I mean, they are hiring Dan. What's, well, you did a role recently. Are you allowed to say now what you were doing, or is that still an NDA situation? Uh, it's kind of NDA, I think. But all it's right. A, it, you know, I don't. I, I think I can say that it, it was uh, it was a role in a TV series about uh, Roy Cohen. Right, coming up for show uh, showtime. Dan's still no. top of his game. He's working it. He's jerking it. He's getting her done. Mm. Yeah, okay. Jerking. <laughs> you know, I, I'm surprised with that kind of uh, that kind of wit. We didn't, you know, do better at the mix. <laughs> how did <laughs> how did it fail? What's that? That yeah. was the problem with the mix. It's too bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, listen, we got a busy show. Uh, Dan's uh, going to uh, be on the road coming home from Sudbury. Yep. I'm going to uh, keep track of... Uh, by the way, good news here at the uh, Duran-Glassman uh, household. I was at uh, Palma Pasta yesterday picking up some things for the holidays. And uh, Anthony, Anthony Petrucci, uh, gave us, uh, Fred and I, a, a wonderful gift of some food. 
And so there is some uh, meat lasagna thawing in the fridge. Oh, really? Oh, yes. There you go. Oh, yeah. I love that lasagna that they make. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what. Not only are you going to have it tonight, but there may be some for uh, take home to Peterborough, my friend. Mmm. That's me. Mm. Yeah. Good. Dan, you're, you're, I, I know you well. You look a little tired this morning. Did you well, not we did get go to any? bed later last night because we went to the show and then it was kind of, you know, we came back here. Did you party then, hard in the Sudbury, in the Nickel Town? Well, a little bit of partying. They, they kept going till you know, later. Oh, there was a post-show bash at some uh, yes, saloon? Well, yes. Well, Stephen's brother, uh, or uh, Jonathan's brother, Stephen, was also here. He uh, and uh, another friend of the family, um, we all uh, sat around and talked about the show and how things are and, you know, how they did do you, uh, Did you pull an all-nighter? Are you hammered still? No, no, no. I went to bed at midnight. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, yeah. Wow. Much later than I normally uh, I go to bed. I won't go to bed at midnight on New Year's Eve. Um, <laughs> all right, buddy. You all. Did okay. you at all when you're last night from any yes. angle or place here tom stomp and tom connor's oh walk by a statue oh did you really yeah i would imagine you would yes yeah somehow it, it, it's like we were coming around because there's lots of snow here mm-hmm. and coming around a corner in front of a rink it was uh, there's is that a statue sticking out of the snow because it was like it was up to his knees almost and I thought, oh wow that is that stomping that's stomping tom well, Sunday Cowboy hat, you know, Sudbury Saturday night. That's right. Here it is. Dan was there on a Tuesday, but every night in Sudbury is Stompin' Tom time. All right. Drive safely, Dan. Okay. Thanks, guys. See you later. There's Dan Durant. event coming. What's that? There's a weather event coming. Yeah, I believe I mentioned that yesterday. You guys didn't want any part of it. You thought I was overreacting. Oh, should we have not mentioned it today? No, I'm saying, like, it was uh, the first thing I saw yesterday morning was a note from one of my kids saying, this looks really bad. And it's funny, do your your kids abbreviate things that, like, the word really is R-E-A-L-L-Y. I'm not sure if you know that. But my youngest wrote me a note and said, this looks really bad, and it was R-I-L-Y. It's a weird abbreviation, I thought. Oh. Well, I'll save a few uh, characters, I guess. Last night in, uh, I'm just reading some horror stories. Like, it, Vancouver got whacked. Again, this yeah. global warming thing. They're describing the storm out there like totally unprecedented. Never seen anything like it people on airplanes for on the tarmac for over 12 hours i would rip my why would why do they do that why can't they just bring them back to the terminal get them off the plane because they're sitting they there even, they, they couldn't even get the planes to the terminal they had to be taxied yeah so did you see that picture that hannafin sent us yeah no i know it's crazy and then uh yeah people going like absolutely like nuts in the planes like demanding to be let off and you know and yeah the crew it's not their fault you know the aviation laws or whatever you call them yeah they just they have to play it by the book maybe they should change those because i i get what you're saying like at some point it's just open the doors and let people down the stairs and walk across the tarmac for christ's sake um listen i want to and and uh they're calling it, I listened to CNN, the weather dude there, talking about this bomb cyclone. It's, it's going to affect between 60 and 120 million Americans on the east 
and northeast side of the country where Hannafin is, close to Vancouver there. So Seattle, the Pacific Northwest, Colorado, where my other daughter is. You started off this morning asking uh, what my plans were for the holidays. Well, we were supposed to all be here Christmas Eve, and then, you know, we have this dinner on Christmas Day, even though it's huge. And uh, I don't know, both of them, For sure, I think Spencer will get back because they're only coming home from New York. But Charlie was telling me last night that they're having, they're having trouble getting planes out of Colorado right now. And it's only going to get worse as the week wears on. Well, what would concern me, uh, you know, beyond just getting to Toronto, once you arrive in Toronto, given the challenges that airport has had at the best of times. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's it going to be like? I'm glad I'm not part of that. Well, Spencer, like a lot of travelers, uh, I think I mentioned this to you, uh, they've uh, redone their arrival time to be more in the afternoon, and I'm going to go pick them up. But Charlie said uh, they may not get home until Saturday, which is fine. I mean, even if it, listen, if it turns out to not be Sunday, it's, it's all fine. I don't care. You know, we'll, we'll do Safety whatever. First. Yeah, exactly. We'll do the... What are you, before we get to the emails and a quick couple of uh, sponsor things here, what are you doing with your family? Is everybody coming over to your place or are you going? Well, you know what? We can do that tomorrow because I'm going to see it. I forgot we're doing a show tomorrow. Yeah, I have nothing. Yeah, it's pretty low key. Yep. We're just hanging out here and the kids are coming over. That's it. On Christmas Day. Daddy may come over prior. Is he going to bring Dougie? Oh, of course. I, if I work it correctly and both of my kids arrive Friday, I may not have to leave the house again until next week, which is kind of what I'm op- hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, all yes. right. Listen, let's uh, quickly. And, uh, well, but with care, let's uh, get a couple things done here. When was a young and then we've got a bunch of emails. Dr. Uchi Odiatu will be our guest today. Tim Nibble will make an appearance. Michael Clausen will be talking real estate later if you're interested in what's going on in that market. But first, how about this message? Uh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one uh, group benefits package for small business. Say one to a hundred employees. Uh, go to chamberplan.ca. You can get a free quote. Uh, you know, they spell it out. Uh, there's different levels that you can buy into, and uh, they explain all the products under each umbrella, so to speak. There is one that will work for you. It's very affordable for small business. 30,000 Canadian businesses, small businesses, are part of this. They've been around for 40 years. You'll be pleasantly surprised. It's affordable. And their pricing has been really consistent over the past few years. So, again, it's not one of these things in these crazy times where you're going to jump into it and then all of a sudden the costs are going to explode. They've done a great job on staying on top of that because they have to because small business can't absorb big hits. Figure it out. So again, there's dental, there's uh, medical, there's um, uh, prescriptions, there's travel, there's therapies. It's all there. Take the time. Yes, I ask you all the time to take the time. Chamberplan.ca. There's a badge there. Click on it. Get a free quote today. Here's uh, something we'd like you to uh, consider. Make the switch to electric with Electric Vehicle Network. EVN is dedicated to providing cost-effective options for Canadians to buy or rent high-quality pre-owned EVs and plug-in hybrids. 
Uh, their team has helped over 100 first-time EV buyers and ready to assist you right now. Founded in 2018, they've been working hard to make electric vehicles accessible to all. And they believe that together, uh, we can all drastically reduce Canada's emissions. You know, Daryl was on yesterday. And it's funny because when I first got a smartphone, I remember having the same feeling like you know what it can do but you also know there's so many things on it that you can learn and and there's so many things on a smartphone even now that most of us don't use same with this electric vehicle like i keep he reminded me yesterday wherever i am and i know this isn't new for some you know higher end cars but with these evs you can just turn it on or turn on the climate and it's not wasting you know you're not you know you're not idling your car and uh, and you can and you can control the environment of the car wherever you are. Anyway, so it's just one small thing. If you want to check it out, visit their website and give them a call to uh, learn more and start your journey to a greener future at evnet.ca. Played a little. Uh, that was a CFMY classic right there. Toast. Yes, the street band. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, that you want to talk about? Yeah, man. Yeah, you man. Want to, <laughs> want to talk about memories? No, oh, yeah. That song. Way back to the Pete and Geese date, their producer Kevin O'Leary used to play the shit out of that song. Because yes, what sir. for time or just? Uh, I don't know. I just because it was a fun little ditty and people requested it all the time and. Yeah, Back then, it wasn't that old, that song. <laughs> well, I, I had never heard of it, and the only reason we ever played it is because you said, hey, I think we should play this song. In the meantime... Hi, guys. Let's Hi get guys. to it. Hi it's another week of people interacting with the Humble and Fred Show. There's quite a few, so let's get it. This one is, the subject is Idea for Clifford. I'm sorry, Howard. I'm just opening up here. Well, I, I can do it while you're opening. This one oh, is from... Oh, I'm here. Hi. Hi. I purchased This is from Sassy Flintstone. Runners. Yeah, Sassy Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> I purchased several carpet runners from Ikea and placed them throughout my house in a path so my 15-year-old chocolate lab would have better footing. Works great. You can also get carpet stair treads at big box stores, so Clifford has some grip going up and down the stairs. The carpet is uh, only put on part of the stair you step on. Just some ideas for you from Sassy Flintstone. Thank you, Thank Sassy. You very much. Yeah, he's not. He's got. I got lots of carpet on the stairs here. That's not the problem with Cliff. The problem is he's just. You know, he's got the. He's just uncomfortable right now. Mm-hmm. Um, although he stopped tearing into the equipment. Hi, guys. Uh, here we go. This is uh, from one of our longtime supporters, part of the Patreon group, which we know we haven't really serviced, but uh, he says, Hi, guys. Just wondering if you'll be including the Patreon fans on Zoom again this year for the Christmas show. Lots of, lots of guests, but it's always fun to be included, even if it's silent. Would also love to see an in-person humble and friend shindig one day, one day again. Kelsey's, perhaps, he says. Love you guys. That's uh, from Chris K. Long time. Hoping but not hopeful, New York Jets fans. New York Jets fan. Well, uh, we're not going to do that tomorrow uh, for various reasons. Mainly because it's just chaotic and uh, we didn't really organize it in time. And uh, But there is here's the good news. Sometime in 2023, we predict, and we've already talked about it, 
actually at Kelsey's, we may do a Humble and Fred shindig for everyone to come and enjoy some of their food and to come hang out with us again. But it's something we've talked about, correct? Yes. Definitely. It's part of the plans, part of the strategy. Yes. Part of, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. People are surprised that we actually have plans and strategy, but we do. Mm-hmm. For uh, pleasure and business. <laughs> for, for, for work and play. Mm-hmm. Plans and strategy for work our and play. pleasure is often our business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is from uh, Martin Lai. Youth. Martin Lai. Growing up, I had many jobs. Uh, as I am not squamish and was on a kill floor, 65 cows a day, I am comfortable with a knife and a sharp... Exactly. I think this is in response to us talking about killing stuff. We were talking about killing mice and things. That's right. Could you kill something? And it all depends on how much of a pest they are and how relatable they are to the human um, connection. And this is from Gord. He said, uh, yeah, I'm comfortable with a knife and a sharp exacto knife. It's very quick if you want to kill. I think in this case, a mouse. No, it's actually from Martin Lai. He says, stay strong with Gord. Yeah. <laughs> it's rather gruesome, but hey. Exactly. It's something we, ta- it's something we talked about. Now, this is something we talked about that we actually cleared up during the show from Jim Spencer. He says, Re Victor Borga, you were trying to describe to me a guy that used to play piano and do funny songs on PBS. And uh, Jim thought we were talking about Victor Borga. I believe the person Fred was describing on Thursday's show. Uh, was Victor Borga the piano humorist? My dad thought he was great. So did mine. Peace, says Jim. And in actual fact, it turned out to be... Do you remember that the guy's guy. name? The other guy. <laughs> do you? And, and while I was saying this, I was hoping, God, I hope Fred remembers the guy's name. Oh, I had it in my head. Um, and is it, maybe it's farther down here. <laughs> it isn't. I've gone through the... By all. the end of this show, we'll have that name. But it wasn't Victor Borga. It was... Uh, Buddy boy. It was the guy with glasses at the piano. What I think is funny now is that we're having the same problem. Probably on Facebook already. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're having the Mm -hmm. same problem remembering it now. Oh, fuck. Hi, guys. All right. We got to get through these. This is from Jeff Newman. Hi, guys. Uh, I realize this is a bit late, but two of the funniest fucking lines out of you two lately. Freddie uh, calling Howard Mr. Clit. Howard saying to Fred, you ever finger a goose clit? Fred, stay strong. Happy holidays to you and your families. Doesn't that say a lot? That says everything. Does it not? You're turning 66 or 67. I'm turning 63. And Mm. this is what we're still doing. Hi, guys. All right. Hey, by the way, if we do, uh, I'm going to try, we're going to try and burn through these. But if we still have a couple left, we can always do it after. Uchi Uriatu. A funny recent story. And this is from David Kilner. He says, hi, Howard and Fred. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I apologize. What do you want to say? No, no, I'm saying it's I want to see how you uh, deal with this one. Here's what I'm going to do. This is from David Kilner. That's important to mention. Hi, Fred and Howard. A former manager of the Tin Palace Park. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, that is that's exalted uh, company. Mm -hmm. I apologize for the length of this email, but thought you might get a kick out of it. And then he goes on to talk about a stomach procedure. He had to take a Ducalax, which, if you don't know, is the thing you take when you get ready for a colonoscopy. It goes into some great detail. And there's some very hilarious things that went on. But the basics are 
he had a good shit or something. <laughs> no, or, yeah. Plus, you know, when you get ready for a colonoscopy, you got to go through the process. Right. Often you're thinking, oh, is this all necessary? Well, he cut a couple of corners. Right. That was it. I'm sorry. He cut one of the corners. And when he went for the procedure and told them they were a little annoyed, but it turned out even cutting those corners, he was still clean enough. So it's almost like, boy, half of this stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's probably not <clears throat> necessary. You know, it's, it's funny with us explaining it. We kind of we could have just read it from a very, very long time listener. Keep up the great works. Uh, great work, guys. David Kilner. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Laugh out loud. Mike. Maybe the best idea of the year. Yeah, it's a reference to something, Mike, that I and I was racking my brains. You know, people do that. They rack their brains. This morning when I was I don't I don't know what it was in reference to. It's a guy giving someone the finger and it says NTM. No, no, that's different. That's from Brother Bill. That's the next one. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, right. I, yeah, I don't. So I just want to say because Hannafin shows up again, he sent he he's met, he sent us this picture of Vancouver. In the last oh, okay. couple of days, covered in snow. But anyway, just uh, I just threw that in there because I thought maybe you'd remember. It was a, one of our lines. Either you said it or I said it, or it's a quote from the show, but I have no idea. All right. Great. Uh, speaking guys. of Vancouver, this is from Brother Bill. Hey, Howard. Heard you mentioning watching Larry Sanders, but didn't catch where you were able to see it. Absolutely love that show and would appreciate it if you could let me know. Here's a classic moment, and I watched it. It was great. It was already drunk at a party at Larry's house. Thanks in advance, my friend, Bill, Neil. And uh, the answer is uh, Crave in Canada. HBO Canada shows uh, Larry. You can just look at it. I've watched a couple of seasons of it, and it's still pretty good. I tell you, the character that holds up for me is Artie. Uh, But anyway, here we go. A must watch from Donna Yonzerans, I believe. Yonzerans. Hi, guys. Find uh, uh, found you both when we first signed up for Sirius Radio, and my husband and I were instantly hooked. Sadly, once your show, along with Ward Anderson leaving Canada Talks, uh, was the end of listening to that channel. Although we were on uh, Canada, Canada last, Canada. yeah. Canada laughs. So, so happy uh, we found your podcast. Play them while I'm making dinner. <laughs> Laugh lots. Uh, finger mouse. <laughs> uh, found a Netflix movie I know you will uh, both enjoy and find interesting called Nobody Speak. Eye opening at the very best. Cheers and uh, very best to you and yours for 2023. Season's greetings from the Great White North, Manitouaj, Ontario. Love, Donna. Uh, yeah, her name, I think, is Wanzerans. Yeah. But uh, I want to, you know, it's funny because you were doing your dramatic uh, replaying of the time at the mix, which was horrid, but it did make us a lot of money. So there was that. The thing about our time at Sirius, you want to talk about a missed opportunity. You know, I mean, I know it came and went. It was five years there. But when I saw that, I was reminded, I'm like a lot of times these emails come in and they just get... We we put them aside. Then I was looking at them again this morning, and I think you know that really was a, a chance for us to make some inroads with people that had never heard the show while we were here in Toronto. Like we met a lot of people that are now podcast listeners, even in the states that didn't listen to us. You know, when we were the guys on the edge. Yeah, I know. It's just another one of those classic situations. What was that guy's name? John. What was his name? I don't know. 
John Elway. No, uh, John doesn't matter what his name is, but the two of them, seriously. Just sitting in a room with these guys going, what's the use? What's the point? No, I And know. one other thing I will take exception with when you just said it made us a lot of money, Howard, with artists. That's way down the list. Oh, is it? <laughs> yes. Okay. It, well, especially after a weekend of watching The Godfather and seeing mm. like Marlon Brando. Yes. And, uh, oh, yeah. Coppola. Money was way down the list when you're an artiste. Well, you know what you should have told me? We wouldn't have the gone. Show is the- <laughs> if you just said, Howard, as an artist, I can't take this money. Uh, anyhow, this is from Ed Weber. He says, hey, guys, as the year draws to an end, I wanted to wish my favorite hate-filled dinks a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. It's been a goddamn tough year, and I'm looking forward to putting it behind me. Listening to and laughing with you guys has been a bright point. Thanks for being part of my day. I raise this delicious pint to you, gentlemen. And as you can see, I'm still using my favorite beer coaster. Stay strong, says Ed. And uh, what it is, Freddie, is a picture of him using our CD number one in 97 as a beer coaster. Cool. And, and to Ed and his fa- all the Webbers, we also say, uh, may Gord bless you. Hi, guys. Uh, can we Hi skip guys. this one? Did we yeah, yeah, we did it yesterday. Okay. Skip right to uh, Happy oh, Ho-Ho yeah. if you want. From Rod Fitchett. Hi, guys. Another fine scootery board assembled by my wife again. My only uh, not concern was that your logo was covered by the salty meats. Have a great Xmas, religious or not. No Sky Muppets for us here. Happy New Year to you all and yours, including uh, Dan and his Yule log. Enjoy every gourd damn day, Rod Fitchett. And what it is, is the guy that won the charcuterie He board? won the thing my buddy yeah. Tom Olazinski put together with our logo on it. I had to look at it a couple times. It's pretty nice, actually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that was, I saw the picture, too, and all the lovely meats and cheeses and what have you. It, 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 it screamed festive. Well, that's what I did at uh, Palma Pasta yesterday, because what we're doing here on Christmas Eve is we're doing a charcuterie board, and I was in charge of the salty meats. Mm-hmm. There's so many. You know what? I was, you, you were there recently. Then We both were there for Boone's thing at Palma's Kitchen. Man, there's a lot of stuff there. Like, even though it's a small footprint, there's just so many things that are are you would like you would buy everything right the place was packed yesterday anyway don't go hungry right no exactly don't I, I, you can actually they they have like prepared foods there right of course well, yes. you can what you can eat guys? you can eat while you shop yeah eat before you shop because if you're hungry while you shop yeah. you'll spend spend thousands uh subject is the godfather from andrew marriott he says hi guys love the podcast thanks for recommending the offer series can't wait to watch it yeah it was fantastic somebody else sent me a note i think on facebook or sent us a note saying how much they enjoyed watching it on our recommend and i said my comment back was i might watch it again i might start again i uh, was reminded of a documentary about john Cazale who played fredo fredo and it was called the documentary is called i knew it was you this it's, it's legendary in the movie business this story of john Cazale who only appeared in five movies before he died all five movies won oscars Wow. Crazy, huh? And uh, I can only remember three of them. Godfather 1 and 2, he played Fredo. But do you know the other movie he was in? A famous movie in the early 70s with uh, Al Pacino? Or Scarface? Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, Dog Day Afternoon. Okay. He played the other bank robber in Dog oh. Day Afternoon. Turns out that he and Al Pacino 
or a couple. Thank you, Andrew uh, Marriott. There you Hi go. Guys. Thank you very Hi much. Guys. Next up is Hi guys. recipes. This shows, you know, the subject diversity of the Humble and Fred show. Recipes. Yes. Hi, guys. Just a quick note before you're off on your well-deserved holiday vacation. I've been making Delisa's Christmas crack for a few years now. Love the recipe. I was hoping to get two other recipes. Humble's pickled onions sound delicious, and I'd really love to try making some of that much-talked-about granola. Anyways, much love and respect. Always enjoy listening. Your faithful listener, David Ryan. Uh, the granola, uh, I'll, I'll talk to uh, the chef and see what she says. And as far as the pickled onions go, I you know, it's pretty simple. Just Google pickled red onions um i went through a real phase a couple weeks ago and i've kind of tapered off i was literally eating it with everything i i would put it on everything i ate but i did want to say you i can't remember did you put up a doll's recipe again on our facebook page or this year i can't remember if you did the the bark bark? uh no but i i tried to go back and find it um boone may be able to do that because if, if you can, if you can, if you can find it, then or uh, I'll put it back up uh, tomorrow morning before we do this thing. Hi guys. Uh, subject Hi line: guys. Fucking cold. It's from uh, Jeff uh, Newman. Hey guys, just confirming Dan's brother's story about the weather in Calgary. Gord, it's cold. Stay strong, says Jeff. And uh, I think he sent a screen cap of the uh, forecast yesterday, confirming much like Edmonton Steve said. It was like minus, it feels like minus 40 something. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Hi, guys. It must be horrid. Apparently, we're going to get a taste. I'll skip by the next one, too. It's from Hannafin again. It was just a Vancouver weather update. We talked about it earlier in the show. Yeah. Uh, This says thanks from Richard Bullis. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for the heads up on the offer. Fantastic show. Can't help but binge it. Loving it. Cheers. Richard uh, Bullis. Yeah, man. Um, listen, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm proud of the fact we got all we got through all those. I got one more to go. This is going to be kind of this is more of a personal one. But um, this comes from our friend Beppy. And at first I was like, Beppy. Oh, yeah. Are from the Dave Nickel days. Do you remember that we used to, we had this weird relationship with Dave Nickel for a few years. He used to come on our show. This was when Dave Nickel was sort of Toronto famous. He was the guy on TV, the president's choice guy. And it was, I don't know about you, but I remember it was kind of, it was like, it was a neat little, I don't know, association we had with this guy, you know, obviously older than we were. And, but he took an interest in us for some reason, <laughs> invited us to their, remember we got invited to their Christmas party at Rodney's Oyster Place. Yeah, that was something. Yeah, that was quite the day. Because remember, I brought my mom and dad. Yes. And my dad had spent 47 years at Loblaws. And he looked up to, never had met Dave Nichols, but Dave Nichols really had turned that company around. And my dad never had anything but great things to say about Dave Nichols. It reminded me of uh, apprenticeship with Daddy Kravitz, you know, when his dad didn't believe he knew what was the big figure, the guy that had all the money, whatever. Um, it was like a moment <laughs> yeah. like that. When I, no, I know. When I said to my dad, so we're going for lunch. Oh, okay, where? I said, oh, Oyster House. Really? I said, you're gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna have lunch with Dave Nickel. It was like, oh my god. Yeah. 
Remember that lunch ended with them sitting side by side and telling stories? And yeah, it was great. And Bep, the reason by, well, Beppy was Dave's sort of, I don't want to say secretary because that doesn't really cover it. Dave's sort of ex- executive assistant planning and. Anyway, she mentioned the reason she reached out is that she has a friend who was building a house in San Miguel and was going to be there around the same time I was. And then she says, unfortunately, I heard about Howard's setback and having to turn return to Toronto. I thought I'd get in touch to say hello and sorry I missed him. I think she she's writing the letter to our to us, but not thinking that it's. Like that we have a, somebody who, who handles these emails for us. She closes by saying, hope all is well with Howard and that you're both doing well. Uh, greetings, Beppy. The, the one story, I, and this didn't involve you, but it involved Dave Nickel. For some reason, ex-wife Randy and I, I guess we got to be friendly with Ted Reader and his wife. And they were having us over for a barbecue at Ted's place. And the other couple were, was Dave Nickel and his wife. And I just remember at one point, it was just sort of surreal. I'm sitting around there and it's just like a, like a couple's thing. And the other couple is Dave Nickel. And like I said, he got, he got a kick out of us for some reason. He was always really good to us. And and, uh, just clicked. So Randy and I had a great night at at Ted reader, put all these different types of barbecue meats on all these different barbecues and everything was going well until we got a bit stoned. And then Randy threw everything up, <laughs> everything we'd ate that night. Yeah. When we got home, I was like, well, there's, that was one of those nights when I, we, I don't, I don't know if we had kids then. Maybe we did. But yeah, uh, our initial contact with Dave, I forget what, and we didn't think anything would come of it. And then we got a response. Yes. And then right out of the gate, we realized what a good, he was smart. You know, yeah. he was a, he was a marketing man. He knew what he was doing, reaching that audience through us. And we had a lot of fun with him. Tragic story though. Dave uh, overindulged and died young. Oh yeah. He definitely was a, uh, he had, he had big appetites. Yes, he did. You know, big drinker, big eater mm-hmm. and a big personality. But I, I was hoping you'd, I couldn't remember what, he passed because he was pretty young, like in his sixties. Yeah. yeah, 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 if yeah, if seventy, just you know, yeah, yeah, a young man, and yeah. uh, so much to live for. And I remember him a couple of times telling us about the uh, the the winery he owned in California. Yeah, that's right. Think, come on, Dave, do it. Ask Cumberland Fred down to the winery. Come on, <laughs> Dave, you buddy. can do it. Come on, Davey. Let's get on you the President's Choice there. jet. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Beppy, too, eh? A great Canadian. Her last name is Hockey. Beppy Hockey, I know. Listen, you know, we. I, I, remember, I don't want to do a half hour on Dave Nickel, but we could. We were invited to his house a couple of times, you and I. Oh, yeah, remember he had the, right in the middle of the house, the big atrium? Yeah, the big atrium right there, like a fancy yeah. uh, Toronto, you know, multi-million, you know, dollar home. Yeah. Um, okay, well, we've got Uchi here in a second. Let me just uh, tell him to stand by. And then you and I will take care of uh, some uh, more Humble and Fred business. Of course, the uh, Sherpa's going to be on talking about his uh, stuff. But there's uh, more stories to tell you. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, tonight, or not tonight, tomorrow night is uh, Thursday Night Football. Yeah, we're getting that far into the week and uh it's a toss-up ladies and gentlemen okay uh, the jets and the jag a toss-up right across the board 
Uh, so really, there's not a lot to say about that game. Appears to be a bit of a dog, I would say. Uh, the Jets and the Jags. It's a, hey, on a Thursday night, why not? Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room, to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been prodding Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. If you're looking for a uh, sector, uh, maybe talk to your Sherpa or talk to the Sherpa. Uh, you're looking for a company that's working in the world of boron exploration. This is an emerging international junior mining and exploration company. We're talking about Aaron Ventures. Go to AaronVentures.com. They're engaged in the acquisition, exploration, and development of resource properties. Aaron Ventures' strategy is to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada and various regions internationally. I mentioned Boron because they've got a couple of uh, concerns. And if you know anything about Boron, and I don't, but I am learning, its uses are... Uh, are far uh, beyond just, you know, this. It, well, it's, it's mainly involved in the creation and, uh, you know, the uses in electric vehicles, which are going to become, you know, ubiquitous. By the way, I, the reason I've, I got mixed up there is there's somebody I, I'm just going to say AaronVentures.com and uh, go check it out. And again, have your people check it out as well, because you might be very intrigued by it. I, uh, I stumbled there for a second because... A week ago, I was going to do a last Thursday, Freddie, and I forgot. Mm-hmm. But um, remember that lovely human, Suzanne Bleasby, who, uh, Susanna, who graciously offered to drive you to the airport in Hamilton. Yes. You can park your yes. car. Yes. <clears throat> well, I got a note from her. We actually, I got a, an actual card from her. And I was quite intrigued by it. And inside was a, a book. And she says, Dear Howard, from the minute you started talking about the book you've been reading, I knew it was one of Eric Larson's. And it's the book about the uh, sinking of the Lusitania, the thing that brought the Americans into World War One. I wanted to show you my ongoing appreciation for all that you put into the podcast. Here's my best of the best of his books. This is a book by Eric Larson called The Devil in the White City. I know it's a bit of a risk sending a book, uh, sending a book, and for you, I'm just reading her handwriting, and for you to actually give it a try, but I promise you'll love it. It's one of my favorite three ever, and I read a ton. I actually have another uh, copy I almost sent to Fred. Anyway, she says uh, she didn't want to leave you out. Please pass this along as my Christmas gift to him is really a Hamilton Airport chauffeur service if he wants it so but what a sweet gesture that that Susanna thought enough about me and you to offer this and i uh i just wanted to say thank you that was very very kind that's all no it is very kind very kind to person yes obviously the uh you know the offer that she extended to me is very 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 thoughtful and uh now that you know, there are nice people on Earth. Well, yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I was thinking, you know, for the other Hundy piece, you know, the uh, Susanna has come through with an offer of a, a ride to the airport and a book. You know, don't be shy. <laughs> don't, uh, you know, if you feel you want to, uh, if you feel you want to give Humble and Fred a gift, you can go to Patreon and support us with uh, actual money. But, uh, you know, I could use an outboard motor. 
That's true. And, uh, you know, I can always use... Uh, what can I... I don't know what I can use. Um, are you going to turn your uh, camera on there, Dr. Uchi Odiatu? Oh, I see. Let me just... Uh, sweet, sweet. Now, there you go. Look at, look at you, man. Look at that sweet freaking dude. <laughs> look at him. Just, just go ahead. I'm, I'm just getting the uh, text you sent me. Dr. Uchi Odiatu is a uh, doctor of dental medicine, but he has spent his life beside looking in people's gaping holes. Uh, I mean, their mouths. He's a professional member of the ACSM, American College of Sports Medicine, a certified personal trainer. He's got a lot of other stuff that he does, too, but mostly he's uh, spent his life trying to convince people that wellness doesn't have to be so arduous. You can just take small steps and make big differences. Welcome back. One of our favorites, Dr. Uchi Odiatu. You got it. Thank you for uh, inviting me into your uh, fitness home. Yeah, man, you've been doing a ever since uh, COVID sort of started to wane. Have you been back on the road speaking, speaking to people about fitness and wellness? And yes, in the last uh, few months, uh, Fargo, Seattle, uh, Florida, it's, uh, it's 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 opened up. It's, it's opened back up. I'm I'm confident uh, going on the road. I can keep my host immune system healthy. Yes, and face the crowds with uh, immunity. I had a little bit of an issue uh, that I first of all, I, I, have you had COVID? Yes, last and, year. Okay, so Fred had it. For a while there, we were kind of smug, the two of us, saying, oh, you know, we're the only ones we know that haven't had it. But then I got it, he got it. But I got it in, uh, I was on holidays in uh, France, and I came back, and then 10 days later or so, I went to Mexico. And uh, I had uh, a bit of a, like a reoccurrence of a bit of a cardiac issue. Do you think, well, I'm getting to the point now, do you think that there is some effects of COVID, post-COVID, that we still don't know? that people haven't quite explored uh, from a medical standpoint? It's, it's not my area, but that, that makes sense to me. It's still a very much a new condition, right? It's a, it's a new uh, condition, so it's, it's entirely possible. So everyone seems to have their own experience. You know, mine, I was asymptomatic. I was positive. I was going to go on a flight, and I got tested at a local drugstore. A pharmacist came out and said, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> you're, you're home for 10 days. So my experience was asymptomatic positive test so i think everyone seems to have their own experience with it and that's why it's but i think most people though are either asymptomatic or have small symptoms but uh but i think there are a lot of people though who have long covid they have challenges and that's and that's what gets talked about so it's um it's, it's good to explore and, and, and not keep it a secret yeah this may not be fair either because again you said it's not actually your expertise but you know, all this hysterical stuff you see online about the vaccine causing heart problems or killing people or you shouldn't go anywhere near it in your experience, just your experience. Have you met anybody that's had a horribly adverse re- reaction to the uh, to the vaccine or heard of anyone that's died because of the vaccine? <laughs> Um, other than people having you know local reactions within that first twenty four hours, yeah, exactly, or a headache, <clears throat> uh, no one. 
no way. No but, um, yeah. The joke around here, Uchi, is that the only people that seem to know anyone that's died from the vaccine are anti-vaxxers. They know that all their friends have just been. It's yeah. like a fucking. It's like a mass murder. Uh, let's they just get, can't remember their names. That's off right. the top of their head. That's it's usually right. it's just one person, and then they all know them. Uh, let's get to your area of expertise. Uh, I should have shared this to you with you earlier, Freddie, but I will now. But Uchi, Uchi sent me a note saying, "I'll send you some fitness myths." Um. And let's just take a few of them. Actually, why don't you do this? Why don't you present them and then we can uh, have a discussion? Because, I mean, a lot of them are pretty uh, well-known. The carbs are bad. You need a trainer to get fit. You know, it's either go hard or go home. You have to be all in or you can't get in shape. But maybe you can just kind of, you know, take us through some of them. Well, these myths are so common. It's, it's funny. People, when you think about it, um, less than 10% of people actually participate in a regular exercise program. And everyone really knows that, that exercise is good for you. The science behind it, everyone knows that when you exercise and you're physically active, you're going to feel good and look good and have less chance of disease. But still, why does only 10% of people participate in a regular fitness program? There's something stopping people. There's, a, there's an early step or people make it too hard. So it seems a, a, a good portion of what I do is just reminding people that it's easier than they've ever been led to believe uh, it, it, you're capable of it. You don't need a trainer. So th- these, these, you know, 10 myths, we can go through a few of them. Just, these are just pretty ten, 10 common myths that people have about exercise and nutrition or fitness that makes people think not, it's okay for them, not good, not good for me. So uh, the first one being uh, either go hard or go home. Almost everyone thinks a workout has to be incredibly hard, incredibly intense. You have to almost not be able to start the keys, you know, turn your keys in the car in the parking lot after. But, <laughs> okay. Um, or, or puking in, the, in, 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 the, in, a, in a garbage pail midway through a set. or it, So that's a massive myth. People think you have to work out 150% set personal best, personal records every time you train. And that's so far from the truth. That's a massive one right there. Like workouts don't have to be insanely hard to still get benefit. Is it, and that's a big mistake. A lot of people. I've done it many times over the years. You get it in your head. You want to have some kind of a program. You overdo it early, and it turns you off for later. It's mm-hmm. and I just mm-hmm. you keep making that mistake. Yeah, you'd be surprised how little activity the body needs to be reminded that you're human. Like we're talking. There was one Stanford study done in 2009. It was a, a 10-year follow-up, and they showed. They had people divided into five groups. They had 4,500 people divided into five groups. And they looked at what was the biggest bang for your buck getting fit, which was actually lowering your mortality risk. Well, the biggest bang for your buck was to simply go from doing nothing to walking 30 minutes a week. Simply walking 30 minutes a week. And they didn't even look at the speed. Lowered your cardiovascular mortality risk by 47%. Wow. Like. 30 minutes a week. So th- that alone tells you that you can get a, a, a health and fitness benefit simply by going for a walk. And they wouldn't even tell you how fast, where, what kind, just walking 30 minutes a week. That was incredible to me. So I'm constantly championing this idea that it's, it's easier than we've been led to believe and that it can be fun. Uh, but, but that personal best, that social media, look at me do handstand push-ups, look at me pull the, look, look at me pull the semi-trailer uh, look at me balance my four kids on one arm. 
Right. Throws the average beginner off. I, I don't like it. It's, it's, uh, it's, do you think it's that, I mean, yeah. do you think that some of these myths that, uh, you know, we don't need to go through all 10, but just in general, you think some of these things are the, are, is what prevents people from getting started or to keep going? Because they think, okay, well, I've got to do all of these things where I won't be in shape or it won't have any benefit. Yeah, that's part of it. It's like when you look at someone who's, who does very well financially, you always assume they're, they've been somehow anointed by God or they've been gifted this. And you don't realize that. Every master was once a disaster. Every expert was once a beginner making mistakes. So we always anoint people who do something we don't have as something, someone special. And you don't realize 10 years ago, 20 years ago, early on, they too were beginners. And we kind of, we, we anoint some special character trait of people who do something that we would like to have. And by, by doing that, we create a bigger gap between us and them. Mm-hmm. And then we don't allow ourselves the ability or the gift of doing it ourselves. So basically, uh, something is better than nothing. It's not rocket science. Mm-hmm. Which, which that too makes it too easy because what's easy not mm-hmm. to do is easy is easy not easy to do is easy not to do. So, but mm-hmm. I really do feel when you look at that one study, that one Stanford study, that thirty minutes a week can lower your cardiovascular disease risk by forty seven percent. That's uh, you know you can easily go for a walk on the weekend. You know, uh, and not even thirty. Why not twenty? And why not do that twice a week? And mm-hmm. if that's all anyone does forever. You're much better off than thinking you somehow have to get an upper body trainer, a low body trainer, a psychic, a health coach, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a $5,000 one day scan at MedCan or Cleveland Clinic. You can do it on your own if you're just that person that says it, it's, it's got it's to get started today. Um, a couple other ones you say supplements are the key part of your diet. You don't think, uh, do, I guess some people think that they need to be gobbling all kinds of stuff or they're not. Mm. I mean, so with supplements versus, so you're, you think supplements are a myth. Uh, okay, for the high-end person, the person with a definite deficiency, but most people just aren't eating fruit. They've had, there's one study that showed how 70% of adults don't even eat fruit in a day. 95% of people don't eat enough vegetables recommended by Health Canada or the U.S. food pyramid. So there's some basic things people are missing, but by making it esoteric and strange, or do I have what kind of you know vitamin D, do I do droplets, do I ca- do capsules? Anytime we start arguing over the esoteric, we miss the fundamentals. And the best coaches in the NBA, the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, the best coaches, Pat Riley, John Madden, all talk about the fundamentals. And I, I'm a firm believer in the fundamentals, which is just food, you know, food. You know, There's a book called Sapiens written by Harari, and it was all about the evolution of man. And in a, one of the key parts that came through this book, and it came out in 2018, is that we've spent more time as cavemen and cavewomen in our history than we do as modern people with the internet. We've had the internet for, what, 30 odd years. We have prehistoric physiology and DNA. Um, we need food. Our, our history is based on whole food that our body can recognize. And when you start treating it as, when you start doing fundamental things to get fit, the body goes, oh, I read that in my DNA. You've been doing this for a hundred, a thousand years, an apple. Oh, there you go, eating vegetables again. So there's beauty in in simplicity. There's Mm -hmm. sustainability in it. And it's funny you say that because Freddie and I, over the last, uh, you know, time that we've known you, we've gone in and out of, you know, being sort of good, healthy, mindful. But it's interesting that it's, it's almost habitual. You start eating more vegetables, more fruit, maybe less greasy, you know, know, crap. And uh, you, you just... You just do all of a sudden you're like, oh, I feel different. My skin feels different. And yet it's so it's so easy for some of us to sort of just go drifting back into, you know, fries would be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but you've said along the way, the odd time to treat yourself is OK. But, uh, 
you know, you just can't make a habit of that crap. Well, it's that all or nothing. I think a lot of times, again, the, the person who's not mm-hmm. exercising think it's all or nothing. So I right. can never eat pizza again. You make I, 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 I can I never stay up late again. I can never have a glass of wine again. No, you don't make it so hard. You can't demonize processed food. Sure, having it, you know, two, three, four times a day or every day may not be that good for you. But right. you can still get in great shape, still having the occasional treat. Even having a treat once a day, it's probably more important to be physically active, sleep well, and enjoy a good relationship then uh, to get focused on the minutia and think it's all about the macros. You know, it's all about the macros. No, you're physically active. You sleep well. You, you have a happy home life. All of a sudden, you're, you have the, de- the deck stacked in your favor to look good and feel good for yeah. many decades to come. You know, um, I was telling Howard this a couple of weeks ago. I went and had blood tests with the doctor, and he come back. The only thing he said, he said, you seem to be a bit low in your B12. And okay. So I took a B12 supplement on the recommendation due due to a deficiency. And I'm telling you, I can actually feel a difference after a few weeks. What do you think of that? And further to that, fish oil, everybody say, oh, you got to take your fish oil. It's very, very important. So I take one of those. Would that fall into the category? It's needless because you can do it through just food. Well, you can definitely have a deficiency. Like you had a, you had a deficiency or your body wasn't making it because the right. B12 is made in your GI, in your GI tract by your microbiome. So something was deficient there. So obviously you said you felt a difference when you started taking it. Um, omega-3s are in fish oil. They're also in dark green leafy vegetables. They're also in, uh, eggs. They're also, uh, in, in uh, salmon, sardines, uh, uh, walnuts. So uh, sup- uh, fish oil supplements have gotten kind of a beating in over the last 10 years because they've done studies that many times, even in the fish oil supplement there's, there's it's rancid if you have in capsule form uh it, it, the amount of cost the environment by making fish oil how many fish have to be uh sacrificed to make fish oil so it's much easier to open up a can of salmon or a can of sardines or order fish at a restaurant and get the dha and the epa that your body needs so but again um supplements are great they're very convenient but all the supplements you're taking uh, 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 do, they, do they have what they say there's on the label? Like, well, I know one thing. I don't, I don't want to be eating uh, any of your rancid fish oil caplets. <laughs> Although, on your recommend, Dr. Patterson, uh, I started taking some B12 a few days ago. I thought, you know what? Why not? You know, I don't really take. The only thing I take every day is a probiotic just because okay. I want to keep my uh, gut uh, flora in shape. One of the ones here that I, I, I am intrigued by a few years ago, and Uchi and I have talked about this before, I think. Um, you know, just off this show, this book we I read years ago called uh, Stronger Next Year, I think. And uh, there's a method as it gets it gets harder as you get older to get in shape. So a lot of older men in particular just give it up. You know, mm-hmm. like he and I are basically in a pretty good spot um, weight wise. Like I'm the lowest I've been consistently since I was in high school. I haven't been in the 180s for a long time, and I've been in the 180s all this year. Now, at one point, I was in the 170s, and I felt that was too low. But I'm also stronger than I was a couple of years ago because of just consistent, not hard workouts, but consistent weekly workouts for almost all of this year. What do you say to a lot of guys listening our age that are just like, ah, screw it, you know, my back hurts, I'm sore, I shouldn't do anything because you really can't build muscle as you age. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I put it as a method to be a little bit controversial, but the body will, at any time you start taking care of it, will respond. Like muscle cells have no idea how old you are. So the minute you start pushing them or uh, doing a progressive load with a good resistance training program, 
your muscles will undergo cell damage and they get stronger and they'll adapt and you'll get all kinds of hormonal benefits and uh, a cascade of physical benefits. Even as you exercise, there's hundreds of myokines, M-Y-O-K-I-N-E-S, that flood your system, that tell every tissue and organ that you're alive simply by moving. So um, 20-year-olds don't have any monopoly on that. You know, 40, 50, 60, 70, the body will respond every time. There is no uh, expiry date to muscles when they will not work well. Maybe on your deathbed and an open casket funeral, that could be too late, okay? But but prior to that, the body loves movement. It loves uh, taking in deep breath in through your nose. It loves lifting things. It likes being pushed through a range of motion. And when you do, the body will respond. There's no there's no deadline. There's no expiry date on on when the body will respond. Sure, the, bo- the body might respond better at age 15, but at age 15, they, they, teenagers think they're going to live forever. There is no appreciation of health when you're 15, 20, and 25, you know? So I, I, I believe that is a myth. Like the, the body will respond no matter what your age. There's no reason why at 50, 60, 70, you can count yourself out. And Michael Howard, a neuroscientist, I was at a lecture uh, 10 years ago, and he said that a 70-year-old, um, if they exercise, can be as in shape as the average college student if they do a regular strength training program. So hmm. a seven-year-old man, this is a, it was done with men, could be as in shape as a college student if they did a regular exercise program. So this is incredible. There's no reason why not at uh, 60, 70, 80 that the body cannot respond. And it's beautiful what it does. You really see that the body is bendable and adaptable and moldable, and you can enjoy fitness. Yeah, and flexibility is huge too. Like... It's always important, but as you get older, too, because, again, the le- the less you do, the less you feel like doing yes. something, if you can uh, follow what I'm saying. You know, I was in a yoga class on uh, Sunday, and uh, there was about uh, maybe 30 people in the class, and there might have been, I was really surprised. There's a, a bunch of guys our age. Like, I wasn't the oldest guy in the room. There was a guy that came in late that had to be, honestly, in his mid to late 70s. And um, I go because I want to, I have a, you know, I have a reason for doing everything, which is to get better at golf. And so (laughs) I'm not very, you know, I'm not very flexible from a yoga standpoint, but it helps my flexibility from a golf standpoint. Mm -hmm. And I was looking over at this dude, honestly, closer to 80 than he was to 70. And I'm like, look at him. He's still in here, you know, sweating away, looking at young women in yoga pants. I mean, it's a, it's a health benefit all around. (laughs) <laughs> well, there's that one German study that said when you uh, look at a woman's uh, breasts, that it's the same benefit as jogging. And this is, oh yeah, I, I'm not sure who the participants in the study, <laughs> who, who the researcher I was. was. Gonna, well, I was going to say, but, and, a, and a woman and a woman's <laughs> breast jogging is even better. Mm. You better so, not. Get- you better not get caught doing that nowadays. Mm. These are some obscure studies that you can find online if you're interested. Okay, but uh, but, but it, talking about the, like, being older and. Uh, you know, 65 plus whatever. How dangerous is weight? It is very, very dangerous, isn't it? For your joints, for your heart. I mean, obviously weight is always dangerous, but as you get older, you really got to watch it, right? Well, the the people that I see in my patients who are 85, 90, 95, 100, they're always lean, mean Mm -hmm. toned people. There's no obese people over 80. They're gone. Like, uh, uh, we talk about how much obesity costs the healthcare system and, uh, death and mortality worldwide it's billions of dollars if not trillions of dollars dollars you know insulin resistance and diabetes and heart disease you know nine million people a year die worldwide of high blood pressure three million die world worldwide every year of diabetes so obesity uh being overweight contributes to that 
So it's, it's an easy, simple way to enjoy more health, more energy, more mental clarity, less chance of dementia simply by losing weight. So uh, there's nothing beneficial about being overweight. Uh, but, but people cling to this thing that, you know, look at food, it's free or food is so accessible. It, it really ties into that primitive caveman, cavewoman part of our brain, because when we see food, our primitive urges, because many of us died of famine hundreds of thousands of years ago. So free food, accessible food uh, was deemed. I need to have that now. Sure. Uh, and it. This is where we're at. This is why we go crazy in a buffet. Uh, I was in Mexico uh, last month and played golf with a bunch of guys between 78 and 88. And on uh, the, my, my last day there, I was playing. None of these guys were playing that day. And the 88-year-old, who I played with three times, I see him coming out of the gym. <laughs> and I'm like, and he's, and he's in great shape. I mean, you know, I mean, these 88 year old guy who was just coming out from his Saturday workout and I'd played golf with him a couple times. So that was probably the third or fourth time that week he'd exercised. And it just goes to show you that you can be vibrant and alive no matter what the age. And as always, thanks to uh, Dr. Uchi Odiatu. If you have a chance to see this guy speak, take it. Do we still have a, a site people go to? I'm, I've lost track of you. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm still on Instagram. If you look up my name, uh, first name Uchi, U-C-H-E, and you put uh, fitness in or de- fitness, Uchi Fitness or Dentist, you, you'll come upon me. And I have a little over 10,000 friends. I don't call them followers, friends. And uh, we direct message. I post. They, they chat. I interact. I share books. I share articles. Uh, Facebook, I'm not as active. Sometimes when I post to Instagram, it automatically goes to Facebook. Yeah. So if, if you see my first and last name, I'm, I'm easily accessible. It's uh, But I'm online. I'm you know, I spend a good hour a day posting and sharing. Um, I, I follow authors. I, I, I love sharing videos. I love I love making this whole journey to fitness seem easy and sustainable. I, uh, this this whole idea that it's some elite people in society that can be fit and those who are like Messi and Ronaldo, any one of us can get in pretty amazing condition by doing some basic things. I, I like what today. you said about you know masters were once disasters that you know. The best time to start some journey is the is today and, and, and putting it off and not just waiting till New Year's. Always inspiring. Thank you. All the best to you, my friend, uh, for uh, the season that's upon us and the happiest of New Year's. Love it. Thank you. Same to you, Howard. Same to you, Fred. Thank you, Doctor. Peace, my brother. It's Dr. Uchi Odiatu. Of all the guests we've ever had on the show, his name is the most fun to say. <laughs> just let yourself out of the room there, my friend. Sure. You know, there are some things, like you've mentioned, water skiing again, and, you know, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy Charlie, my daughter, uh, was my snowboard buddy for so many years, and she sent me some video of her snowboarding, and I thought, you know, it's too bad, I, I just won't do that again, for because I don't want to get injured, but um, working out regularly, or, you know, you walk when you're not feeling poorly, you walk almost every day. No, I'm glad to hear him say that, because, you know... I have some resistant bands here I'm on a couple of times a week, but nothing super serious, but I do walk a lot, yes. No, and that's great. I mean, you know, I've been doing this resistant band workout, other than a few times that I wasn't feeling well, almost every week from uh, the beginning of the year. I started it the year before, but I took it seriously this year, and it's not very much, and I was doing it yesterday, and when I start to feel like my shoulder's bugging me, I'll stop. 
as opposed to old Howard. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop. I just keep doing it until I hurt myself. But um, again, I, everything I do is so I can be uh, more flexible for golf. And how many times over the years I've made that mistake? You get mad at yourself, and you have weights or whatever, and you're mad. And you're okay. I'm going to start a program, and out of the gate, you hurt yourself. Yeah. Or you feel uncomfortable, or you do it to a, to such a degree when it's time to do it again a couple of days later. It's like, oh, I can't be bothered doing that again. And, uh, you know, it's such a psychological thing. Oh, I agree. It proves in the pudding, like the doctor just said. You don't need that much, so don't beat yourself up. You know, and uh, as much as we've been talking, you and I, on the air, off the air, about maybe gaining back some of the weight, like, I've spent this entire calendar year... With a number in my weight category that I hadn't seen for a long time. I'm not as light as I was when we went crazy on Noom. But even today, you know, I was in the, you know, 185 is kind of, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I was trying to lose a little weight, but I don't, it's just keeping it in a reasonable place and also working out so that you don't hurt yourself. I mean, there's a, you know, I got, like today I'm a little sore, you know, I know, I feel like I've done something. And there's like, I, I sort of my, the buddy I train with, who's a golf trainer, so, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with a, a certain amount of soreness. I just don't want to hurt myself. I just don't want to be like, oh, shit, I did something, and now I have to have my shoulders, I have to have shoulder surgery. Well, there's a big difference between sore and pain. Yes. No, absolutely. I mean, yeah, no, there is. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the weight thing, it's... Again, it's not rocket science. And the thing is, it's so... I really believe the older you get and the more sedentary you become, the harder it is to go back and correct that. So you just never want to get there. Well, and what he said, though, is, you know, you maybe can't go back and correct it, but on any time you begin it, it's still better Mm -hmm. than not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, In the meantime, let us us look over to this uh, man. And welcome uh, for his last appearance of the calendar year 2022. Someone who's been a blessing in our lives. Thanks, Gord. Thanks, Gord. Thanks be to Gord. Gord bless you one and all. It is uh, Tim Niblet. Tim dot Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. The retirement of Sherpa. Well, hello there. Hello there. Good morning, everybody. How are you, Timmy? Uh, doing fine. Getting a little colder and drearier by the day over here, but it's all relative, right? So uh, we're we're doing fine. I'm trying to be active to keep the doctor uh, happy there and yes. uh, feeling good for doing it. Good yeah, you're you. uh, and you're feeling better all the time with your uh, last time we talked. You'd golf three or four times in the uh, week, which I'm happy for you. Yeah, pretty well every day. Uh, I think it was Sunday. I walked down to the clubhouse, which has a gym there, and worked out in the. Uh, on the weights a little bit. Nice. Uh, I got to work on this upper body strength here for my warning track power on the golf course <laughs> and uh, right. then walk back. So it felt good. Um, yeah, well, that's it. I, I, uh, I like walking a golf course and you get a lot of what uh, we've talked about this, Freddie, where you sort of get exercise inadvertently. You're like just doing something you like and you get some exercise. Like, I'm, you know, I, I don't know, are, are people doing pickleball down where you are? Because I, it has just gone crazy around the world. Oh, of course, yeah. We've got the uh, three new pickleball courts from last year, I think, maybe the year before. And and there's still uh, not enough sometimes of the day, right? Really? So, 
Uh, yeah, pickleball is just crazy. The bocce courts, uh, Howard, are almost ignored now that we got pickleball. You know, it's funny. Just I was looking for something on TSN or something on Sunday, and there was a, a notice for the World Pickleball Championships, and I'm like, I had no idea it was that organized. Yeah, it's something. It really is. It, it's funny when you're on Airbnb now. Or those services, how often they'll make references to that feature. Wow. Isn't that crazy? And mm-hmm. and who saw that coming, right? Like, I don't know, five years ago, had we ever even heard of, of pickleball at all? I don't think so. No, as I say, a buddy of mine up north here, uh, Mike Kimber, the first time I ever heard the word pickleball was out of his mouth. And I'm thinking, what the hell is he talking about? And then he became heavily involved. And ever since then, it's... It seems everybody's doing it. I wish we could remember the guy who reached out to us and gave us pickleball paddles. The first time I ever heard it referenced was on PGA Tour Radio when he still had a, a show. Uh, Hank Haney was talking about where he lived in uh, Arizona or something that him and his wife would, uh, were playing more pickleball than they were playing golf. And uh, surely when I was there in Mexico, there's pickleball everywhere. But that's my point about something like that is it's a fun thing to do and you get some benefit from an exercise standpoint but let's get to uh your uh, this is the uh, last appearance so we've got uh, tim niblets top five christmas hanukkah kwanzaa gifts and here we go well you know you can give the gift of uh the sherpa for christmas i didn't, wanted to remind people uh that obviously so. Um, you know, we've talked a lot before that, that money is probably one of the things we spend the least time thinking about. Uh, Christmas, New Year's, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever gatherings are, are probably one of the few times people might discuss those sort of things. So, yeah, I, I mean, at any age, an estate plan review would be super valuable, important, uh, you know, especially 60 or, or above. Had a client reach out who's actually uh, through the show and uh, her and her mom and brother were all going to be looking at their wills and making sure they're up to date. And uh, estate planning has a heck of a lot more layers than that. But uh, again, it's kind of a control thing, right? You want to be in control of what happens at all stages of life. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, isn't it funny when you talk about, you know, what Uch um, was just talking about, um, well-being, part of it is, you know, being content in your mind. And finances are so much part of that. It's definitely one of the spokes of the wheel, right? You know, I occasionally think of, of health and wealth and social and all those things as being spokes on a wheel. And yeah. uh, if you've got some of them kind of misshapen or not very complete or non-existent, then the wheel doesn't uh, roll around very well. No, well put. Absolutely. Uh, what are some of the other top five holiday gifts from a Sherpa standpoint? Well, certainly if you, you, you've got a child or a grandchild who doesn't have an RESP, always a good time to get something like that going. It could be contributed to by any number of people. As long as the account's set up, the kid needs a... The kid needs a social insurance number, um, but but that's a good thing. And as we talked before, uh, we've all used it to, to good stead over the years, and it's a, a great thing. You know, uh, if you don't really need anything, maybe a little RSP contribution, get a extra refund for fun, or next year the TFSAs have another 6500 in room as of January 1st. So uh, getting those things juiced up a little bit can be good as well. You know, the RESP is good for the mind. 
an example. It's one of those things with the grandkids. We were thinking about it, thinking about it, didn't get around to it. Finally, in the past year, did. And once that in, that's in place, how good you feel about it. Because it's so so important. And again, one of those things that you might put off for whatever reason. But once you do it, it's a uh, it's fantastic peace of mind. Well, you guys talk about uh, some of the great shows, as do we all, right, to watch mm-hmm. on Netflix or HBO or, or wherever they are. Uh, one less of those and, and just spending that time on one of these areas. Yep. Arguably, you'll have a lot better short and long term uh, benefit. That's to you. right. It's, you know, it's hard, though, to convince people to like binge watch their RESP contributions. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about another of the uh, Sherpa holiday uh, gifts, the gift of an insurance checkup. Right. Insurance is probably something we spend even less time looking at than our, our investments and uh, and all. They kind of seem boring, but they exist for a reason. And, you know, you could have the best performing portfolio in the world. But if you die prematurely, you, you have a critical illness, you have a disability and you haven't got that covered properly that can undo a heck of a lot of your other good work right so and and as we mentioned before insurances can also create wealth not only protect but protect is what we usually think of and that's the first role of it we should make sure that we've got all our uh, our bases covered Mm -hmm. good point and uh projections well, last but not least, right? If you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? As the corny old saying goes, and uh, you know, the pilot takes off knowing exactly where they're going to get to and how they're going to get there, and what little adjustments they'll make along the way if need be. And and money's the same. So, what do your current actions have you on track for? That's always the first step we do when somebody uh, is kind enough to reach out to us, and we had tons of those again in in 2022. Many thanks to H and F, of course. And uh, we just see where their current actions are taking them. Are there changes, you know, can be suggested? Are there opportunities? Are there inefficiencies? What are the great things we want to keep uh, doing? So uh, probably not something that's going to happen between now and December 31st, but uh, just getting a second opinion on what you're doing is a, is a free and very valuable gift. Well, let me toot your horn for you. Uh, the Sherpa is offering a uh, complimentary second opinion. You know, if you listen, as Tim has said many times in the years that we've been associated, listen, if you're happy with what you got going, that's great. If you're curious about some other, you know, style or maybe somebody else to have a look and make sure you're fine. That's what Tim is here for. And again, this has happened many, many times with Humble and Fred listeners. There's no obligation. Tim.nibble at RaymondJames.ca. Uh, listen, I'm happy you're well-er. I know I, I kind of owe you a call. I just looked down at a couple of our texts back and forth, but uh, I'm feeling much better. The, um, you know, it's taken me a while to get used to being on these beta blockers, which I'm Try not to think about that I have to do forever, but I'll tell you what, it's made a huge difference for my cardiac issues. How are yours uh, feeling these days? They're really good. Thanks. And of course, happy to hear about you. And again, sorry, Fred, you're, you know, left out in this category. Oh, here. Fred, something happened to Fred soon enough. Trust me. <laughs> but we got faith in you. We, we've got faith. And no, all, all good. Um, my danger right now is I'm feeling good. I'm active, uh, you know, and now I've got to not go back into the bad habits that kind of got me there to some degree, too. Right. So got to keep being a little fearful and, and a little smarter than I used to be. So you're you're and to, for people who don't know, Timmy's got a pacemaker like um, your uh, what was that that was bugging you so much? It was your uh, 
your heart rate was high or your yeah i was elevated uh super elevated and the the pacemaker doesn't help for that unfortunately really so uh it, it helps make sure it's uh, regular in case it skips but yeah so i just didn't have a lot of energy because I, I had an elevated heart rate all the time so now i'm in low 80s and and feel great uh okay. for it so it's it's just nice to all summer didn't feel very good right no i know well listen hope you have a happy holiday season yes. whatever that means for you we will we've got our uh, daughter and family coming and uh, we're going to legoland with our grandson on the 26th so we can't wait for oh, that. Uh, that sounds like amazing. maybe your your heart doesn't work that day or something like oh yeah i'm not feeling great fucking <laughs> <laughs> legoland all right well, thanks to you guys and always and all the listeners and i uh, hope everybody has a happy holiday season all the best thanks, my friend timmy good to see you buddy thanks guys appreciate you, know. you. appreciate you um, Here's Tim Niblett. You, you mentioned our pickleball buddy. It's Chris Evans. Yeah, I did the same thing. I looked up his name from, uh, I can't remember the, the company, though. I, I, I was trying said to it. Brickhouse Paddles. Oh, Brickhouse Paddles. Sorry. From St. Mary's, Ontario. Yeah, he sent you some paddles. I've got some paddles. Well, I'm taking mine with me when I go away. Easily, uh, yeah. Easily packed. Are you going to, uh, I, you know, I've never, I, I, I took them out to a tennis court with XGFR. I guess when we got them, just to wanted to see what the feel was. But I never actually played a game of pickleball. And I know it sounds dumb, but I don't. I just have this. My brother plays it. Maybe I'll play some in Mexico, but I just have this. I, I this vision of me playing it and getting all worked up, and then just twisting my ankle or something. And then there's like, I don't know. Yeah. Well. It's a thought. Just take it easy. What else can you do? Yeah. Um, I didn't bring this up with um, Sherpa because it's a bit morbid, but I was reading the other day, you know, the um, medically assisted deaths here in Canada, which are allowed the euthanasia. Apparently, they're going to even relax the law a bit more. And I'm just thinking going forward, you know, you talk about insurances and everything. You know, say you've got a an estate worth a couple of million dollars or something, and then, you know, you're older and you get this sort of horrible illness that's dragging on, and yeah. you're still of sound mind, and you're thinking, my God, this could drain that. Just call in those people and go, you know what? Before I waste all this money on an illness I'm not going to get over, to preserve that over the people I love, give me the needle. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, definitely something to consider. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm sure it's going to be an option. It's a lot cheaper than insurance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we'll discuss that in the new year. Maybe we'll just go, we'll do that. Uh, one yeah, of those, again, one I was going to bring that up shows. with him, but I, I don't want to put him in the spot. Hey, you're all friend, that's an option. That is an option, you know. Forget oh, insurance, forget in planning. <laughs> just stick a needle in my eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's, uh, I don't know, it's a story that I don't think has gotten a lot of, I just heard about it uh, from somebody just a couple months ago. I didn't know I do. It was now, like, part of the law of the land that it was that available to people. Maybe we should get somebody in here on uh, in the new year to talk about it. You know that age-old analogy, right? Like, how does it go? Something about, you know, we wouldn't put a dog through that. Oh, yeah. Why do we put humans? I mean, what we humanely do for animals now applies to humans. I don't think there's a lot wrong with that. 
Well, I'm not to, to you know be too much of a downer about Clifford, but I can tell you, I've you know I've never been around a dog this age that big, and you know, love Clifford, but he's not doing great. No, and his quality. You know what? Where's Cliff? He's right there. You know, Cliff's quality of life isn't great right now. I mean, being carried up and down stairs just to lay on a, a bed all day. You know, I took him out for to I'm do his jealous. Hmm? <laughs> I was going to say, I know you're already doing it. <laughs> dolls, dolls picking you up. Come on, Freddie. It's time for poopies. I took him out just a little while, you know, this morning before the show. And, you know, I have him on a leash and he's able to walk around in the back there, but he's not. He's walker. You know, he's like it's labor. It's laborious right. for him to walk. He's laboring. Yeah. yeah. And at his age, it's not like there's a multitude of reasons. <laughs> you know, um, other than old age. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's sad. Let's uh, end on a... Well, we're going to have Michael Clausen on in a bit talking about real estate. I've been sent this. This is uh, a band out of Hamilton. Oh, did you see this? Did it come to both yeah. of us? Okay. I didn't play it yet. Uh, we are from Hamilton and have an amazing new song. Mm. It's called Maybe a Goal Song. Prior Convictions, and the song is called Bleeding Blue. I don't know what, why the Maybe the Goal Song, but it's called Be- Bleeding Blue. It's all about loving the Maple Leafs. This is just a preamble to the song. I wish they would have given it to the song. Okay. All right, we're going Okay, so somebody scores. Go Leafs, go. These guys love their Leafs. And here comes the song, and uh, there's a bunch of pictures of the Leafs. They all seem to know how to play their instruments. That's nice. That's a bunch of nice people from uh, Hamilton. Uh, prior Convictions featuring Maddie Arneson. She's the female voice you hear, and the song is called Bleeding Blue. And if you love your Maple Leafs, maybe you would uh, check out these nice people who've gone to all this trouble to put together a song. Um, no, I won't be critical. You Listen, be honest. You know, these, these not gonna... well, I'm just saying, when it comes to parody songs or songs on like that you've really got to be able to follow the lyrics clearly and distinctly uh, i think so. you'd find it easier if you were looking at it but i know what you mean and i don't think it's mm-hmm. yeah it's not really uh it's not a par- 10 feet away from where it's coming from it yeah. just sounds like another song yeah and uh there's lots of pictures you, you know I'll, I'll, you should look at the video because it's got uh all the pictures of your favorite leafs on it but uh, yeah man well anyways good for them Oh, excellent. You know, but that's it. You're more of the music expert than me. I'm just, you know, I'm just, you know, <laughs> just, and I'm you a know, friend. I don't like to be critical. What the hell? 
Like I said, it's, it sounds like they can play all their instruments. Yes, very talented people. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Michael Clausen is uh, getting ready for his appearance. Always a pleasure to have this guy in our presence. This is uh, was this our first year meeting Michael? I think so. Hey, Mike, how you doing, man? Hello, I'm good. Thanks, guys. It is our first year. Uh, where do we find you this morning? Are you at your home? I am. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Mike Clausen, real estate at 1111 Realty. That's 1111realty.ca. And before we get to all the market stuff, uh, what do you have uh, plans? Uh, you have, I, I don't really know much about you. You have kids? You have little kids? I have three kids, uh, teenagers now. Uh, nothing, no, just spending the holidays with family. Got my parents coming down from Ottawa. I'm from Ottawa originally. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. For, are, you, are you a typical dad? You really don't do much to get ready except just write checks, hand out money, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Oh, that's right. Michael, Michael, the parents coming from Ottawa, are they driving or flying? We're concerned for them because there's a weather event coming. A bomb cyclone. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. That's right. They were planning to come Friday, but now they're driving Thursday. Yeah, yeah right on. With that, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about the markets. Michael uh, and his company are uh, pretty focused on the Niagara region, but as we always do when you appear as an expert, we like talking about obviously real estate in general, and then we'll talk about Niagara in uh, specifics. What's going on in the markets these days as the year winds down? Yeah, I, I, I guess it depends who you're talking to. Uh, you can talk to multiple realtors, multiple economists, uh, multiple mortgage brokers, uh, multiple neighbors. You could talk to all sorts of people, multiple family members, and you're going to get a different opinion from everyone. So <laughs> I don't think anybody uh, has a 100% firm grasp on what's going to happen in 2023. Uh, I'm you know, like a typical uh, realtor on the, you know, uh, on the more positive side of things. I think we're, we're, we're getting around the bend here on this craziness and uh, of inflation and interest rate hikes and everything else. So, yeah, I, I, I think we're, we're, we're hopefully looking, we're, we're hopefully optimistic for 2023. That's for sure. I think the general consensus seems to be that, you know, at some point, we are going to see uh, interest rates start to at least level off, start to come down slightly. And I think that's really going to kickstart the markets. Well, yeah. And uh, if nothing else, those interest rates, I believe, have sort of stabilized the market. Yes. Has allowed the world or, you know, the province, the country to stand back, take a breath because it was just so over the top crazy for so long. You know, I just you couldn't think straight if you were involved in the market. Mm-hmm. Now, at least you've got a few moments to think about what you're doing, right? I agree 100%. And and the buyers are still there. Everybody, I think, is in the same position right now. They're just sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what's going to happen over the next quarter or two. Uh, but I, I tell people all the time, you know, whether you're an end user, you're going to move into your home or you're buying it as an investment. When you're talking about real estate, it's got to be a long-term play. If you're just getting in for a quick flip in a year or two, yeah, you're, you've got a lot of risk. But, you know, if you're looking at a pre-construction condominium, you know, or a pre-construction home, you're talking years uh, in the homes, like a pre-construction home, you've got about a two-year build time. You know, if you rent it for a year or two, you're talking three, four years from now. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And, well, Nobody's you know, concerned about that. In, in, uh, inflation, the numbers in Canada actually were down. I don't know about, you know, so that's a, a, a maybe a good sign that interest rates have leveled off. But And you said, yeah, you can talk to a lot of people about 2023. But as you say, it, there's still people who want to buy homes. It'll still be hotter in the spring than it is in the late winter. And your market, the Niagara region, is different. And maybe you can remind people how different, you know, not getting out of Toronto can be and how much more bang for your buck you get just an hour from here. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the first cost savings and it's a massive one outside of the city is of course only one land transfer tax you know in toronto you're paying a double land transfer so uh, as soon as you get out of that that region out of that area you you're saving you know 50 percent on your land transfer which is a huge savings yeah of course pricing is going to be that much lower which means your deposits will be that much lower because they're a percentage of your price of your purchase price uh, a lot of times you're going to have, you know, extras included that, that wouldn't necessarily come along with your unit in uh, the downtown Toronto core. So there are substantial cost savings. I'm not knocking Toronto in any way. Toronto is always going to be the epicenter of real estate uh, in Ontario for sure. I, I'm a bit biased, I think, in on, in Canada, but Vancouver would probably argue with me on that one. But you know, there's always you're always going to do okay in Toronto. Like people that are purchasing free construction condominiums downtown Toronto right now, they're looking to close in like 2027, 2028, 2029. Really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Those are their those are their occupancy dates right now, and they're selling because they're not selling at the pace they were a year or two ago, but they're selling because people look at it and go, yeah, in 28, 29, if it's done by then, because it could be 30, who knows? You know. Nobody's concerned about where interest rates are going to be in six, seven years from now. I can almost guarantee you that whatever price you're paying today, it's going to be higher in six, seven years from now. I don't understand what you've just said. So you're saying that people are, are putting money down on a, on a place, a, a condo or a home, or uh, not a home, but a, a place they're going to live five and yeah. six years out? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, buying, the, they're buying the unit now, pre-construction. And then it takes that long to build, you know, these 50, 60, 70 story condos in Toronto, right? Wow. Long. And, and give us the exact, so what, uh, conversely in Niagara, what can you get? Is it, is it not quite that far out? Well, so that's a great point. Yeah. So the alternative would be a low rise pre-construction home, a detached home, a townhouse, a semi-detached home where you're purchasing it today. It's going to be built over the next year and a half to two years. And then, like I said, if you rent it, well, if you're going to move into it, great, then you're fine. And you've just put your 10% deposit down over the next year, and then you can forget about it until it closes. Okay. Uh, If you're an investor, you know, you can put your 10% down once you close it, rent it for a year or two. So you you can take your money back, you know, you can exit that investment after, realistically speaking, three or four years. Whereas with a downtown Toronto condo, you're not going to be able to exit that investment for six to eight years. Yeah, you're tying up that money for a long time. You are. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Well, it it depends, right? Like every investor has got a different uh, approach. And, uh, you know, they may want to be expanding their portfolio. And I think we've got a lot to Mm -hmm. offer there. And we have a lot coming in 2023 to offer. Okay. We've got 
townhouses, freehold towns and detached homes in Niagara region. We've got townhouses and stack towns in Kitchener-Waterloo. And uh, and we have a, a boutique mid-rise condominium coming in Toronto as well. So Amazing. we've got something for everybody. You've okay. got it covered, buddy. Yes, yeah. sir. Well, I'm glad you were on to because I we learned something today. I didn't realize that people were doing that. And again, I was just thinking about that. If you make an investment in Toronto and you're six or seven years out, your situation can change drastically in that time. And as you say, in uh, the Niagara region and some of your other places, you've got uh, you can get in and out a little quicker. Eleven Eleven Realty That's Michael Clausen. Michael, thank you very much for this today. Appreciate you, man. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Happy holidays. Same to you, buddy. And uh, you and I will uh, have a grown-up conversation early in the new year. That sounds great. Okay, man. Take care of yourself. Okay. Yeah, man. I just think as soon as he said that, I was thinking, you know, like if you're, you know, a young couple and. You know, you think, okay, we're going to get our condo. We're going to invest in it together. Five or six years from now, you could break up. Like, you know, by the time it comes, I mean, there's a lot that can change in that time in a person's life. You might can lose a job. You get transferred to a different city. That's why I think a lot of that is just investors. They can afford to. Yeah, I'm sure. Money sit, right? They're not even going to miss it. You know, it's hard to tell your kids. Like both of my, well, my older daughter for sure wants to buy something. And it's hard to get them to get their heads around the idea that if you really wanted a house, you know, like what Mel did, you know, Georgetown or Burlington or Niagara. And, you know, my daughter works remotely anyway and probably will for most of her career. You know, she literally could be sitting in a home in Niagara Falls for a, a, a fraction of what she would pay in the neighborhood she wants to live because it's Toronto. Oh, good point. And I think for a lot of young people, they got to get their heads around that. Plus, a lot of people are getting creative now and just simply because you have to, you know, buy a place with a rental unit and get used to the idea you may have a tenant is, you know, that can be a drag, but something that might have to be done or your parents downsize. You buy a place with a really nice in-law suite and understand that you own now, but one floor below you is mom and dad. And again, all that stuff is hard to take, to accept, but it's just the reality of today. That's right. Mom and dad are downstairs rotting away mm-hmm. <laughs> while, while you're trying to start your life. No, I know. I know. Like, yeah, I there's not, like what's the alternative, right? Well, you bought, how old were I was going to say, I don't remember this. So how old were you when you bought your first home? You were in your 20s? It was 1984, so I was 28. I bought my first home. I made my first real estate deal. I was 32 years old. And uh, I, up to that minute, never thought about buying a house. Never thought I'd be... I, I don't know that I ever thought about it. Maybe one day. I, but um, in those days, you could put down... You know, I think we put down sixty, seventy thousand dollars on a $270,000 home. But the interest rate was 13%. Yeah. But it was doable. You know, even when I bought in 84, I think it was 11%. But it's funny, you know, perspective and how times change and advice you get. 84, I paid $62,500 for a townhouse nervously, but I was making 60000 Imagine that. I was making 60000 a year. I was doing pretty well back then in my early sports casting 
days, and I was making sixty thousand, paid sixty two five for the townhouse, and it scared the shit out of me. And what would your payments be? Oh fuck! I Do you remember? They were three hundred and eighty bucks a month or something, yeah. and and uh, I put seventeen thousand five down. And I remember my dad saying, what are you doing that? That's too much on a 60. Why don't you buy two? Oh, no, dad, that's too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, I, can't, yeah. I, I, can't, uh, I can't handle all that. Yeah, it's too so. bad you didn't. Too bad you didn't listen to Pops. You know, it's interesting that you and I can remember these details. Uh, you know, the interest rate on oh, a yeah. place. Uh, pardon? I said, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting we can remember that, but we can't remember the name of the guy who we were thinking of who played the piano on the PBS show. Two weeks oh. in a row. What's his name? You got it now, don't you? I don't. I don't got nothing. Anyway, while we're thinking about it, why don't we listen to these people? Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. What did you Google? Mark Russell. Mark Russell. I'm curious, while you were doing that, what were you Googling? PBS, piano playing, satirist? Piano commentator, PBS. All right. Not a boy. And uh, he wasn't related to Nipsey Russell, was he? No. (laughs) Uh, Yes, they were twins. (laughs) (laughs) That's delightful. Nipsey Russell. There's nothing not fun about saying Nipsey Russell. God, that's funny. What was show was he on all the time? It was a match game, was it? Or I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know what when he was on. Nipsey Russell. <laughs> that's funny to me, by the way, everyone, because one of them is black and the other one is not. Nipsey. Uh, all right, uh, we have a, a big show tomorrow scheduled to appear. John Tory, Ryan McCallum's sister. Hang on, that's not fair. I've done that a couple times now. What's her name? Um, a lot of our regulars. <laughs> Nipsey Russ, Nipsey McCallum. Uh, Tony Clement will be here. Lisa McEwen is going to be here. She's very talented. A few others, uh, just the regulars are going to drop by, say hi. And uh, it'll be nice just checking in with everybody. You know, pretty short conversations. I think Noel Kassler is going to be there as well. And Lumby's going to pop back in. And uh, we'll finish off with a couple of uh, musical performances. But um, Freddie and I will uh, also share with you tomorrow. Uh, we have an announcement tomorrow. Yes. It's exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> uh, exciting and new. Uh-huh. It's a brand new podcast that we have been uh, working on. And uh, we will, uh, some people already know about it, but uh, we will uh, look forward to sharing that with you tomorrow for the first time on this show about how happy we are to be doing a new show. Okay. Contributing more to the arts. That's because you're an artist. (laughs) Okay. Okay.
This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. We read all of our emails, some make it to the Thursday show. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking and subscribing helps out the show. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, love your fellow person. Except if they're that asshole driver that cut me off yesterday in his Porsche SUV. Best of the season, too. Habitations in the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans that just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that? I got two turntables and a microphone. 